Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website, so make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast, and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing so more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog, and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you really just can't get enough, I send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month, also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months. All right, let's get into it. So today is going to be a unique topic. It's not going to be about a houseplant at all. It's going to be about anemone, which for me, I commonly knew them as a perennial, but they are also available as a cut flower or bulb as well. So I fell in love with them at the garden center when I worked there because I fell in love with the Japanese anemone. They were just so pretty and I was obsessed with the new blooms that were popping up. Oh my God, they're so cute. And I do have a tattoo of it. (laughs) So I don't know how long ago, maybe last winter, this past winter. Was it January, I think? Through December, January, I decided to get a tattoo of a lot of the plants we decided to use in the wedding, which included anemone, philodendron, monstera, and asparagus fern. And the anemone, I chose the traditional perennial version of it, but... In our wedding bouquets, we will be using the anemone that is used for cut flowers, which is a bigger flower, and it's going to be white, and overall, it's just a little bit different than the perennial version of it, like the Japanese version that I fell in love with. Either way, the flower is just as beautiful and so cute, and the new blooms before they pop are just like, I think they literally make the plant. (laughs) So, This episode will be structured a little different, not normally like your sun, water, fertilizer, propagation. We're just going to go into a bunch of details. So botanical names, there is a lot out there because there is a lot of different kinds of anemones. There's over 120 different species out there, but probably the most popular one is anemone japonica, which is that Japanese anemone I was telling you about. Commercially, that is the one that's grown the most and it blooms in fall. Typically, it either has a pink or white flower, depending on the variety you're getting, but from what I've seen the most of, most of them have the pink flower. Also, anemone sylvestris, I think, is one of the varieties that bloom in spring. So, crazy, I know, but these kinds of varieties bloom at different times depending on what you're getting. So, the sylvestris one is usually a white one from what I've seen. It's commonly called snowdrop anemone. So those are really pretty too. And they they are considered perennial, at least up by me in Wisconsin. I live in southeastern Wisconsin and we have had both the spring and the fall blooming anemones available. The cut flower ones that you're going to find are going to be anemone coronaria, I believe. That is going to be the cut flower variety that you will find at any kind of flower or plant store or whatever. So there are a bunch of other different botanical names out there based on the variety you're getting, but those are the three you're going to be running into probably the most. 
The other thing I wanted to mention is that the anemone coronaria is commonly called poppy anemone. So if you're looking for that online and you type in poppy anemone, you're probably going to find the same thing or even find the option even better. Because um, these anemone look very similar, almost identical to an actual poppy plant as well. So sometimes people get them confused. I get them confused. Um, but poppies and anemones tend to have a little bit different structure depending on the variety you're getting. So there are differences in between them. But that is a little bit of facts about the names. I just gave a very general list. I did list a bunch of other botanical names on the blog post if you wanted to look up some other varieties. There's some native varieties in there. There's also one that's native native to Canada. There's one that's very similar, the coronaria. Anyway, I left them all on there just so you had an idea if you wanted to go back and check it out. On the blog post, I also have pictures of a couple of varieties that I took pictures of at the garden center I used to work at. So specifically, I have September Charm is a variety of Japanese anemone that we carried constantly. So I have that up on the blog post. And then the Snowdrop anemone was another one that we did have as well that I did place on there. There's one more white one and I, for the life of me, can't remember the name. It's a fall bloomer, but I did put that up as well. So I do have some pictures up there. I highly recommend it. The first picture that's up there, it's the closed flowers, like the little buds that kill me every time. I think they're so cute and I just want you all to go look at it because they're so cool. And I I specifically, when I asked for my tattoo, I asked for those little bulbs everywhere because <laughs> they're my favorite part. Okay, let's dive into a little bit of the sun and water requirements. I'm going to keep it really low key simply because it really depends on what you're doing, where you're living, variety you have. There's a lot of like factors into this, but most anemone like to grow in full sun or light shade. Really doesn't stray much farther from that. Um, typically, if you're in a warmer climate, a light shade will help them from burning too much in the really hot sun. If you're like in the Midwest, like me, temperature fluctuates a lot. Sun's not as hot, so full sun is usually fine. So, just keeping in mind your environment really affects how you're going to plant these. So I'd recommend maybe seeing if a botanical web, uh, botanical garden center website has them on their website in your area. That would be probably the best source of information. Like for me, Chicago Botanical or even Missouri Botanical um, is where I'm usually looking for information. Moisture wise, I would keep it evenly moist. These are not drought tolerant plants by any means. So you want to make sure you keep the moisture a little bit higher and you don't let them dry out completely. If you let them dry out, they tend to not grow as fast, not really bloom to their most, most potential. So I would just, if you can keep them a little bit more on the moist side, that's good. The nice thing about the anemone and living here in southeastern Milwaukee, southeastern Milwaukee, southeastern Wisconsin, Milwaukee, is that we have a lot of clay soil around here and these anemone, specifically the Japanese anemone, are really good with clay soil which holds on to moisture more so it's pretty ideal for them. Okay, we're gonna move into bulb growth tips. So this is what I wasn't really familiar with because this is one of those plants that 
you can't really grow it outside in my environment. So I really relied on other sources to help me out with any kind of information here. So basically, the bulb version of the anemone, the cornaria, has a hardiness zone range of 7 to 10. So in any of those hardiness zones, which probably is below Illinois, if we're looking at United States, like south of Illinois, and to 10, which is probably even down to Florida. I'd have to look at the hardiness zone map, but definitely not in Wisconsin because where I live on the south side of Wisconsin is a five, hardiness zone five. So we definitely can't leave these bulbs outside at all. So I was checking out Missouri Botanical because I knew they'd have some good information and they did. So I'm just going to read step-by-step what they had. They said, First, plant tubers in a pot in fall for overwintering in frost-free but cool areas, with pots being set out in early spring. They said you can, it says like example, greenhouse, sun porch, or cold frame. Second, plant tubers in pots in early spring for a later May to June bloom. Finally, tuberous rhizomes can be dug up in fall for storage over winter. And then they go on to talk about how the the growth rate or kind of the year to year of this plant coming back, that doesn't really happen much. So the success growth rate is not really a thing. And they recommend buying new ones every year here in the Midwest. So I see that very similar to like if you're buying a gladiola or something like that, the success rate of trying to keep a gladiola bulb, for example, overwinter is very difficult too. Typically, you can buy those bulbs for a fairly decent price in spring and plant them, but you might not get a second use out of them. So just something to keep in mind if you are in the Midwest, you might be buying these yearly. A lot of people that I have seen on social media buy bulbs and flowers for like their own cut flower garden. So you could get like gladiolas, you can get an enemy, you can get calla lilies, canna lilies, you can get dahlias, all those kinds of bulbs that you plant in spring. Those are all great kind of for the same cut flower garden thing. Someday when I get a yard, I really want to do that. I mean, it's probably going to take a little bit of dedication to do it, but honestly, I think it'd be so worth it to have your own fresh cut flowers. Ranunculus is the same thing too. I'll talk about those in a second. But anyways, that's the point is buying them over and over again might be your only option. And usually you can buy them in in bulbs, like packs of several bulbs for a fairly reasonable price. So that's what Missouri Botanical Garden said. I did find a more southern perspective on how to grow these from a website called Team Flower Education. I believe the company's name is Philosophy Flowers and Team Flower. Um, I started following them on social media because it was very cool and they're basically teaching people how to grow flowers and stuff and they have a ton of information on their website. I've never seen them before but they had a a lot of great helpful information about growing anemones on their website. I did link it on the blog post as well. Basically, from their perspective, you're planting these in winter instead of overwintering in a container since in the south, if you have, you know, a little bit higher of the hardiness zone, they are not as worried about the cold environment as you are up north like in the Midwest. So, planting in the winter is not nearly as cold or doesn't have frost or anything like we do. So it's okay to be planting them outside. So I just have those. I did link the Missouri Botanical Garden link too, just in case you wanted more information. And then I did link the 
team flower link as well. So, okay, let's jump into the other facts. Okay, so I only have a couple other facts, but these are part of the Ranunculaceae family, which also bear a very, very close resemblance to the poppy flower, like I said, but also the pasque flower or pasque, pasque flower, I'm guessing is what it's called. I'm not quite sure. Pasque flower. They look very, very similar. Basically that nice prominent center of the flower and then beautiful, delicate petals around it. It's the best way to describe it. So, like I said, common names could be Snowdrop, which is kind of a variety name. You can find September Charm. That is a variety out there, too. Or Windflower is actually the overall common name for anemone. So, you might see them out there in those names as well. The anemone sizing really depends on the variety you get. So, these can reach up to about four feet tall when blooming at the most. So the variety like September Charm can get about that tall, but most varieties are staying a little bit shorter within the foot and a half to two foot size. Depends on the variety, but that's about it. And the colors significantly range depending again on the variety. So if you're getting the cut flower variety, theirs are way more vibrant. So you're going to be pulling shades of red, pink, purple, even blue. I mean, they're gorgeous colors and obviously there's white as well and usually in the perennial version you'll see kind of a toned back color palette so it's mostly going to be whites and pinks and an in-between of those but it's more of those reds pinks blues purples whites that you're going to see for anemone in general sometimes you'll also see a combination of those if you're looking at the cut flower varieties but that's the color palette you're going to go with These are very toxic to pets and humans, so make sure if you are overwintering them inside, keep them away from pets or don't let your pets chew on them if they are. They tend to chew on things outside as well because they can be harmful. Okay, those are my other facts, but I kind of wanted to go into my wedding bouquet since this is wedding edition. (laughs) So I am recording this on the Sunday before... This gets up, this gets released. So on the Tuesday, what day is that? Oh my gosh, I got to look at a calendar here. So this releases on the 2nd for the supporters. It releases on the 1st, but I'm recording this on the 31st. So we are getting married on the 5th <laughs> on Friday. So it's less than a week away. We are so excited, but I had a debate whether or not I wanted to order my own flowers or if I wanted to get them created because in Milwaukee there's so many amazing artists around here just for example 414 flowers is just amazing their content on social media is incredible so I want to support local but at the same time I have such a deep passion for landscape plants and flowers and everything I knew I could create my own bouquets easily so I wanted to try from a cost savings perspective I honestly don't think there's a huge difference and it really depends on the type of flowers you get. So I chose a couple of expensive plants like the anemones and I also chose ranunculus in my bouquet which makes it more expensive than some other plants. So that's just something to keep in mind. It also depends on where you're going, how big your bouquet is and whatnot. But yeah, I had a debate there but I I knew I would be able to do it and do it well and I'm a little 
OCD <laughs> about those kinds of things. When I know I can do it really well, I just want to do it. So I'm very excited to pick these up. So I bought them from Gooseberries, but Gooseberries got bought out by Burkott, I think. Um, they're located in Burlington, Wisconsin. And I was just looking for a place with cut flowers that I could buy from and rely on. And when I used to work at the garden center, I had a friend, Lori, that used to also work at Gooseberries in the past. So I trusted them. So that is where I bought my flowers from. Plus, I'm getting married in Lake Geneva, which is about 10 minutes from Burlington. I didn't want to try to have to get my bouquet somehow from Milwaukee down to Lake Geneva. So I master plan there. <laughs> but I decided to order several things and I would just use what I needed. And I just wanted more than probably what I needed so I could figure it out and kind of design as I went. So on the blog post, I kind of, I listed all of the plants that I ordered and then I linked links to them to, to the website called Blooms by the Box. So Gooseberries doesn't have like a list of flowers online, so I couldn't link their website at all, but I have ordered from Blooms by the Box before, actually for my sister's baby shower, first baby. <laughs> no, what was it? It was bridal shower. It was bridal shower. I actually ordered flowers for her and they turned out really good from this website. So I would recommend them from them. I know there's a ton of other good online flower places, but this is the one I chose to test out and it worked really well. So I went to their website because I go to their website every time I'm like looking at cut flowers to get ideas because they have really good imagery. So I copied their imagery and put a link to that plant on their website in a photo grid on the blog post so you could see it all together. <laughs> I also decided to use dried elements in my bouquet as well just to give it a different texture and color as well. So overall the colors for our wedding are white, green, cognac or terracotta or like an orange, like a dark orange, blue, so like a really dark blue, and gold for the most part. So we got white anemone for the white and hello, my favorite flower. I had to get an anemone. And then we got orange ranunculus and I asked however deep of an orange they can go would be better. Um, but even if they get a bright orange, it's still going to look gorgeous. I got white wax flower, which is mostly a filler plant. It's a different kind of texture, but it does have a tiny little white flower. And then I got green trick dianthus, which is basically like a green poof ball for a flower. It is really, really pretty. It's really cool. I just like, <laughs> this is how it sounds so weird. Logically, in my brain, I had the bigger anemone, the bigger ranunculus. I needed one more like bigger floofy thing to like even it out. And that's what the green trick did. And then I bought the lemon leaf greenery, which just... One of the cheaper products that you can get really from almost anywhere, but it's just like a light green foliage. And then I got, they called it Oregon Fern, but every time I try to look this up online anywhere, they don't call it that. So I just linked what they call like a leather leaf fern from Blooms by the Box, which is more of what we're, I was imagining this would be anyways. So just some kind of fern, different texture, darker green. And then I did link monstera stems, but I'm actually cutting my own monstera plant 
the day before the wedding um, to use in my own bouquet. So I will be cutting my own monstera stems. And then I have dried bunny tails that I actually bought off Etsy. Um, and I linked the Etsy shop in their link as well. And then the last thing I bought was kind of an impulse thing, but I freaking loved the texture. It was natural flax. And ironically, I found it at Hobby Lobby. I was just walking around the dried flower section looking for moss and I found that and I loved it because it was just like dried tiny small beads almost on the end of stems so I had to get that so that is like the nine things that I did get flower implant wise for the bouquets so I'm really excited to test it out and see how it goes and I can definitely show you guys after the wedding how I kind of decided to arrange it and what I did what tools I used that kind of thing if you're interested since you know I am not only passionate about houseplants I am super passionate about plants in general and I'm always trying to learn and create with whatever I can get my hands on so if I have the opportunity to make my own bouquets heck yeah I'm going to <laughs> so I also decided to use a really dark blue ribbon around the flowers, kind of to hold everything together to match the guy's suits because their suits are all blue. So yeah, that's everything for the bouquets. I'm super excited for all of this and I'm really excited to show you guys. So make sure you're following me at Houseplant Homebody LLC to get an update. Obviously, I'm not going to be letting you know how everything's going or what I was doing until after the wedding, maybe even after the honeymoon, but... I definitely will share everything and I really am excited to share with you guys how it went. If you're curious about pricing or whatever, if you go to the Blooms by the Box website, they will have pretty accurate pricing on there and I'm more than happy to share with you what I paid as well. If you're interested, feel free to message me um, just in case you're wondering what the average cost is, at least from a local place. So that is all I have today. I hope this was a little bit different and a little bit fun for you guys for the anemone being a little bit different than your normal houseplant. <laughs> um, but I love to learn about new plants and I hope you guys too. And maybe I'll continue doing this every once in a while just so we can kind of reset and learn something new together. Okay, talk to you later. Thanks for listening to episode 65 of Houseplant Homebody, all about anemone. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode if you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are, if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plant experiences, so please share them with me because I love it. Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me, and I'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. Also, don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for the brand new episode and blog post. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Hello, hello. I had to stop on here real quick and remind everyone of a couple things. 
I want it to be separate of the episode, but I wanted to say to my supporters, I finally got the July merch I ordered in for you guys. So I either will be giving it to you in person if I know you, <laughs> or I will be shipping it out this week to you and I will send you an email with the um, shipping information. So just know that is on the way this week. Very excited. And then I also want to remind everyone that since I am getting married on Friday this week on the 5th, I have decided to pause recording episodes for a bit so I can just enjoy the time with my new husband. Such a weird word to say right now. (laughs) And um, enjoy our honeymoon. So um, as a reminder to all of us, let me get into my file just so I can tell you exactly when I'm coming back. Oh, it's going to make me log in again. I was talking for too long today, apparently. Okay. Okay. So I will be releasing the next podcast episode September 13th. It'll be about Ficus Benjamina. So that will be the next podcast episode. So I will be skipping the normal weeks that I would be releasing would be on August 16th and August 30th on those Tuesdays. But because I either will be on my honeymoon or I will just about be on my honeymoon. Just just need a break for a little bit because I haven't taken a break, I think, in two years. So um, that break will be very nice. And I think I just need to take that time to enjoy it with Peter. So I am very excited to show you guys everything that's going on with the wedding and the honeymoon. The honeymoon is going to be incredible. It's in Hawaii. So I'm really excited to explore the plants there and come back and share everything. I also want to note for supporters... There will be an exclusive podcast episode that drops the same day as the new podcast episode comes out on September 13th. So September 13th, I also have the Honeymoon Plant Adventures, (laughs) which is just going to go into detail about what I found and what things we're doing and growing and whatnot. So if you're interested in becoming a financial supporter of Houseplant Homebody, you can go to my website and go to the Become a Supporter side of things, and there are different tier levels. And the 7 and $10 tier gives you access to early release episodes. So, for example, supporters got this episode released on Monday instead of Tuesday to them. And then you also get access to exclusive podcast episodes. So, currently I have three released right now, but the one that will come out on September 13 in addition will be the fourth one. So, There's also a supporter Facebook group that everyone is welcome to be a part of as well. Um, But it's just to keep me going. So running the website and everything and having a base to upload podcast episodes, it all costs money. So and I just want to keep progressing Houseplant Homebody and hopefully it'll become a full-time gig for me. But right now, all of the money is going back into the business to make sure everything is running. So if you want to become a supporter, that's how you get those exclusive episodes is if you do the 7 or $10 a month level. And yeah, if you have more questions, feel free to message me. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. But my point of all of this was to say that there is a new exclusive episode coming out also on September 13th. So I will be busy when I get back, but I got you guys. So I'm really excited to share everything with you. You'll see me on social media for the next month um, on and off. So check, also, just make sure you're following me because that's the way you're going to hear from me is on stories more than likely and on again, off again posts. So I will see you on social media and I will talk to you later.
Hope you have a great week and I will be on here again in September. Okay, bye-bye.